Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adel Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host of the most, as always, Adel Marcy, and today I'm actually live in home with our guests, who are both plebs, and I love them to pieces. They're <laughs> absolutely do. complete assholes. I love them, though. Um, so one of them, both these assholes made me cry last year. Just so you know, uh, I don't cry very often. They broke me. Um, we're joined by my friend Gregory Baker and Stephen Jakes. Hello. Hey, Hello. guys. Um, and they run Reboot.Uno. Now, before I, we get them to speak, because I want to take as much airtime as possible without those plonkers speaking, because they will run the show most of the time. Absolutely. Uh, it's just, it's going to be a given. I know them. Um, my experience I, my experience with them is the way I can put it between the before and after, because I went through their Reboot um, intensive, is the only way I can put it, is it was intense. It was so... It was ridiculous because my body actually broke down on me. I had um, strep throat. I think, Stephen, you got it like a week yeah, after I, did, I finished yeah, mine. I and like, I still had to go do the fucking four days of work because Gregory wouldn't give me any breaks. He was like, nope, keep going. Uh, mm -hmm. End of which, I actually managed to find peace with myself. Like, Even though 2018 financially was a tough year, 2018 was a breakthrough year for every other area of my life. My health got better. My relationships got, got better. My relationship with my dad got better. Um, I can communicate myself, communicate with others more. And to give you guys an idea for a really long time, and I am a little ashamed to say this, for the first two seasons of the show, my energy was in a different place because my mindset was I have to be this positive person the entire time. And it couldn't be my real self. Uh, working with Gregory and Stevens actually helped me open up emotionally. Like I actually got to the point where I was so good at making you believe that I was okay that you would never check up on me. You'd be like, Adol's fine. He can do whatever. And um, after I went through my breakthrough and my reboot reboot in itself, um, I managed to just find my own love. Like, it's been a year on. By the time the show releases, it would have been just over a year since we've gone through the process. And the nicest thing I can say, the, the greatest thing I can say about this, not the nicest, but the greatest impact it's had on me is being able to actually encompass what I do into a single soul focus. Because whenever I get asked, I'm sure listening to this you guys get asked as well what do you do and it's very hard to find an answer especially if you're a person that has multiple passions and things that you want to do um so you group under the category entrepreneur whereas for me uh, i group under the, uh, i group myself under the category of artist and that was because of the work that i did with them so uh enough with me basically singing their praises now it's time to drive them through the mud and get all the nitty-gritty out of them so guys welcome to the show and thank you for being here thank you Adam. thank you yeah, thanks, buddy. That was lovely to hear that, actually. Yeah. What you just said, that was quite... You're not going to cry on me, are you? He has, this, he has this habit of doing yeah. that on I me. Will, to make then, fun of it, yeah, if you haven't made me cry by the end of this podcast, then you've done something wrong. All right, we don't really know anymore. <laughs> but, um, real quick, just a shout out to our sponsors for this episode. This episode is sponsored by Reboot.Uno, so U-N-O. Um, go there, check it out. It's Gregory and Steven's site. They actually will be running courses as well on that. It's more in person, so that's how it would work. But you can definitely get in touch with them because um, they're just amazing people as well and follow their work. And of course, uh, Steven's also got a podcast coming out, which we, once it's named, uh, we'll actually have a link to that in the description below. So, fellas, first of all, what have you guys been up to um, since, well, the last time we saw you, which has been about, what, six months? Yeah, but I think a lot's been happening, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Really. Um, you want to stick off, stay? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, um, we've obviously what we do is unique to any other form of life change, transformation, or anything that 
that that you know which is the buzzword now with with you know personal development yeah and, it, and this isn't personal development per se but um i did the reboot uh, just a couple of weeks before you yeah and i spent a very very long time learning about the human mind and and emotions and all the rest of it and i've actually found that this i've just spent years doing it and i found this is the only thing to have worked and fortunately enough through all the the hard work i put in greg asked me to become part of it and so for the last year i've been involved with greg and what we're doing now is we're trying to build a platform where we can reach out to more people yeah um, that obviously uh, are lost or stuck or are constantly living in uh, emotional cycles which are uh, that don't work for them in any way, shape, or form. And, um, oh, so that's sort sure. of really where, really, that my focus has been in the last six months is really is just obviously working with the people that that have that have done the program. We've seen some absolutely incredible transformations um, with people, which I think Greg might touch on in a little while. But overall, um, we're really now uh, got to the point where we're so a hundred percent sure of what we do that we. We're really confident now that there isn't anybody out there that won't benefit from the program and will and will experience through completing the program an absolutely tra- life change transformation. Uh, and it's not something that's not about motivation. It's not about feeling positive or thinking positive. It's actually inherently you become a changed person from the program. Oh uh, yeah, I definitely agree. Just before we jump for jump back, so I do. Uh, to you, Gregory, because I do want to ask you about something. There is something that I know about Stephen that he didn't actually mention. It's like you got as far as your master's in NLP, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So like that should give you guys an idea of how far he's gone. Me myself, I've done a lot of work on my own self development. I think totaled well over six, close to seven figures combined between the three of us of how yeah, much well, you've done in personal development, in self development yeah, work. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. 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 Clearly cleared that. And I've also worked with some of the leading neuroscientists and uh, and some of the leading minds and uh, behavioral therapists <clears throat> out there yeah and and you know to all intents and purposes i learned a lot from it but actually it became more data and information and it didn't actually help me be it it helped me know it wow. yeah. there's a big difference between knowing this stuff and being it and this is the big uh, misconception of people that are in self-help is like sitting down and getting more information and more information and watching youtube videos and reading books um, is the answer to the problem when actually it might give them a solution, but what will stop them is the the emotional, the conflicts yeah. that stop them being, and they have to keep going and learning more and wanting to know more and wanting to know more and constantly looking for the for the magic wand out there that's going to facilitate their life change, but actually that, that exists inside of them. Yeah, we become information junkies. Oh, entirely. It's one of the reasons that seminar ju- that the term seminar junkie yeah. exists is because you know we've all been to like seminar after seminar after seminar after seminar. I was a seminar junkie. Yeah. for years. Yeah, self admitted. Like that's basically. And it, and it, it were and it what makes it worse is uh, if you seminar junkies out there and either you are and probably kidding to yourself or you're not and you are being honest to yourself and that you are a seminar junkie. <clears throat> I can honestly say this: I found. The more seminars I went to, the more aware and the more awake woke I got, the more insight I got, but I wasn't being it. So it actually made it worse. Yeah. So net, I actually went backwards. So I had, I had all this knowledge and this awareness and this uh, awakeness, but I wasn't being it. So Steve talks about being it and that's where it all goes wrong. And we always look outside for a solution. For a validation of what we're doing. And with Reboot, hence the name, we reboot you back to a state. You re- or probably should be called Reconnect. We reconnect you to ourselves. And that's the difference that this made. 
all of a sudden, all the information that I'd learned, all the distinctions I'd learned, all the things, I could then put into practice because it was aligned with who I was. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, entirely. Like the way that I can visually put it out there for other people as well that are thinking about this, imagine for a second you had, uh, you, you were told that you had an illness or that you're trying to get a result of like lifting weights, like, like a really good body. Going to self-development trainings primarily without actually doing the work and becoming what it is, even the stuff that is really good, like doing NLP and stuff like that, because it doesn't align with you internally, that is equivalently, that is the equivalent of saying, I'm going to get in shape, I'm going to buy every single training program Absolutely. and supplement program I can, and I'm going to kind of start, but not really. What I find with Reboot, it's you've made the decision of how you're going to get So you pick the path of how you're going to get there. And now, which is already picked for you because, you know, you align yourself back to how you are. And you essentially, all the stuff that you learn kind of supplements the way that you're going. So it's being used correctly. So it's not being used to like... Absolutely. That's yeah. a really yeah, powerful yeah, distinction. Yeah, that's what I was just about to interject is that what I, for my experiences, I spent a very, very long time learning all this stuff. And I, I'm, I'm, like, I'm like a master in self-help and motivation yeah. oh the rest God. of it but actually to live it and be it is that i still found myself being paralyzed on my sofa or more of an evening or whatever and not being able and getting really really frustrated because i knew so much but yet it, none of it was actually working for me and the reason it wasn't working for me is because uh, i believed that new information was the answer to my solution oh entirely and there's also the whole aspect and i know we've discussed this at length but if you're listening to this and you have this as well please go ahead and comment and like you know put it on Facebook and everywhere else and just tag us in it. Particularly, what I find is it frustrates the shit out of me that I can't make what works for everyone else work for me. Thus, I am worse. I am, And I basically start giving myself the self-diagnosis that I'm worse than I was. It's like a, a junior doctor going through training. They start reading through all the case studies and go, oh, I felt like that. Maybe I have this. And then they start giving themselves a... Um, you're self-sabotaging, but it's well, also, also as well, you're self-diagnosing the it, problem. It's, self, it's uh, psychosomatic. It's you're psychosomatically diagnosing yourself with "I can't be helped. I'm beyond repair." Um, which is absolute, which was mine. That yeah, was, that was absolutely, and you'd yeah. resign to that. But we were able was to because like, my big one was "What's the point?" Was like my so was, was my, mine. Funny yeah. enough, I mean, mine was that's the reason why we got on because ours was weeks apart, but yet we had very similar. Very similar, yeah. And what I'm going to say now is, since I've done the reboot. Every single belief that I had around who I was and why I thought my life wasn't working, I came to realize was a load of made up illusionary nonsense <coughs> that I've acquired through doing, through doing all this learning and all the self-help and aspiring to other people's dreams and ambitions and their methods and mythology. But actually what was happening was is that um, all of this stuff was not given, by doing it, I wasn't in alignment with myself. So whatever I learned, whatever I tried to implement, What's the point? It wasn't working for me. And the reason it wasn't working for me is because it wasn't alignment. It wasn't mine. It yeah. wasn't alignment with me. It, the best, again, I know we're going back and forth. We'll get you in the second, Gregory. It's kind of like the, the whole thing is like, there, there's two things I see from that. One is it's almost like you're trying to climb up the mountain, but you have a uh, waist, a rubber band wrapped around your waist, pulling you back down. So no matter how high you get, unless you hold on with like all your life and you hope that rubber band snaps before you do, uh, you basically get yanked right back down. Yeah, it's similar to the away from motivation. Yeah, it's just it? like constantly pulling you back. And the other is, and it's only hit me right now, Reboot is more or less like, it's it's not, 
I wouldn't say it's the be all and end all. Yes, by all means, go do self development training after this because I actually have taken some self development mm. training afterwards to basically help me with my goal setting. But it works now. It works. Yeah, it yes. works. You're in alignment with yourself. Exactly. I'm now kind of going the way that I yeah. want to go, which is what we're saying. So we're not trashing everyone. No, absolutely. What no, we're no, saying no, 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 it no. works. It's just more or less. What, at least for me, it's reboot is the foundation level that you're going back to, like pave the right foundation Correct. for everything that's to grow around. That's perfect, actually. Yeah, it's kind of like you can't really grow, uh, you can't grow great fruit and vegetables or a very beautiful, you know, garden the way it is if you have shit work in the, in the ground, like the groundwork is completely shit. You got, this is basically the groundwork. We create the, fer- well, you guys create the fertilization um, for everything else to work around you and that's the best way I can put yeah, it. Yeah, for me, um, what I, the best way I found I do this for myself was is that you can't be yourself when you've learned to be somebody else. Yeah, it basically really takes you back down to who you are. But yeah, so my question to you, Gregory, especially with other people like, oh shit, how did this happen? Because my question was, uh, the reason I was so drawn to you was we started working together, but then when I met you, A, we got like a house on fire. Yeah, absolutely. But B, and more importantly was, I could relate to your story because I'd never met anyone else that had gone through the same shit with me with bipolar depression, with like the suicide attempts, and we had a real heart-to-heart about yeah, all did, this. Yeah. My question to you is, when you went through, well, I'm going to ask the question in a moment, but like when you, to give everyone else context on this, when you went through your personal reboot, when you started discovering this stuff, you had, was it 11 months to go through just stage one, which takes, what, half a day now? It was actually longer than that. It was more like 20, uh, 20-odd months. Yeah, so was that, that for stage one or two? Uh, that was the dissatisfaction. So the the, the main the half uh, stage two, three, and four. Oh, I didn't mean like from the reboot. I meant like from the pre work that we did. Like you know, when you had the two hours. Oh, of the, the uh, seminar and the workshop. Yeah. Oh, I'm with you. Yes. Because that took you a while to get around just to do those two. If I yeah. So, so can I give the listeners a oh, context? So this, well means. Uh, uh, hello, Gregory here. <laughs> Delighted to uh, be with you. It's his first podcast. He'll bear with him. <laughs> yes, I'm a virgin. Uh, I'm just breaking myself in right now. Um, so uh, there's four stages to getting your brain rebooted. The first stage is a talk. We talk about the brain and how the world is misunderstood, which is why a lot of things don't work the way they should. So therapies and uh, CBT and counselling don't work. They're not. They don't work as well as they could. Yeah. Often they don't work. Often people come out worse than they've been in because yeah. they're just opening up. With- well, that was just today. That was my experience. Absolutely, and mine as well. I had two and a half years of it. Um, uh, and uh, <clears throat> so we, we, what we do is we talk a little bit about the brain. There's three parts of the brain under the triune model, which is the, the conscious, the neocortex, that's the top part of your brain, middle part of your brain, mid-limbic, which is your unconscious, but also scientists have, have, have discovered some 20 years ago that all decisions and all behaviour come from that part of the brain. And then you've got your reptilian complex, which deals with, uh, functions of your body that are basic like breathing and sweating etc yeah basically what, keeping you alive absolutely you're physically alive yeah uh, unfortunately when my sister passed away two parts of her brain were brain dead so her reptilian so she looked alive but actually she was brain dead so there was no actual she was uh, it was a very unfortunate thing um but moving forward um so looking at these two parts of the brain it, we humans and all we we operate we think we operate from this conscious our chatting where we've got but actually, where we, we, we operate from and all our decisions and all behaviour, and you can check this out with Simon Sinek's Golden Circle, by the way, um, is from the mid-limbic brain, which is where our feelings are from. And so love and commitment and loyalty, we've all, we've all had 
things you probably do every day. You think, why the hell did I make that decision? Why did I do that? Why did I behave in that way? That's because your mid-limbic brain is making decisions, not your logical, rational brain. Okay? So this explains why sometimes when you go to sleep at night, you end up having that, those memes that are inf the just infamous where like, I'm going to go to sleep in bed. Remember that thing that you did when you were 12 years yes, old? Yes, yeah, absolutely. That's, it's unresolved. Absolutely. And um, yeah, because well, I, well, I mean, what basically happens is, is that the thinking part of the brain has um, a, has a, a different function to the feeling part of the brain. Yeah. And due to that is that when we get our feelings or when we have these uncomfortable feelings or even positive feelings, uh, what, our, what our logical part of the brain is trying to work out and then pattern match to how it is that why we feel that way. But what's actually happening is, is it's, make, it's starting to make things up. It's starting to, sometimes it might get it right, but the majority Relative of the time, time. it yeah. will get it wrong and it will make things up and it'll go, oh, it's because of this, it's because of that, it's because of this, and it's because of that. So, but actually, it's not that at all. The danger there is that when you start logic, having a logical process or a logical understanding of your feelings from your mid-limbic, is that we can, we can create beliefs around what's going on for us that actually will manifest and be played out in life that are actually completely wrong. And they're incongruent with who you are. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. That, so to go yeah. back, that's lovely. And to, to go back to that, so what we talk about in this first talk that we do, which is uh, about an hour, an hour and a half, and both Steve and I go through our stories of where we were. But what we talk about is this conflict. So what the context of what you're just saying there, Steve, is conflict. So yeah. our logical brain and our rational brain and our analytical brain, the neocortex, which is where we can speak from, is in conflict with our feeling brain, which has no capacity, but it drives all our behaviour. So we've all—I'm sure those of you that have fallen in love or been in love or in love—why am I love that person? Why do I? Because that's your your mid-limbic brain making the decision, not your logical brain. Logically, I should run a mile from this person, but I don't. And then when you start to connect the two, which is what Reboot does—that's the outcome mm -hmm. of the program. Everything starts to make sense. And I remember when I did mine, my first bit, you know, yeah. some seven, eight years ago. I noticed that when I rebooted myself, all of a sudden my brain was weaving together. I always imagine this needle and thread, and it was weaving together. I'm going, oh, I know why I was a bell end then. That's because my heart was saying this, and my logical. And what happens is you this conflict, and you, I want you to imagine that you start, you, you're fighting. You've got a fight on your head all the time. So for those of you that can't sleep very well, it's, I can tell you now, it's, it's, it's all the same issue: is that your neocortex is, or your logical brain is just arguing and conflicting with well, you. Well, what I would like to say is, I think that that we can actually put that in nearly every angle of your life, whether you're in a relationship or your Absolutely. relationships aren't working or the job oh, that yeah. you do. I mean, in every instance, there's a conflict. conflict with it. So, so something I did want to clarify as well, because this is, again, for me as well as for those listening, um, and it's just, just as an idea. So what we're saying is essentially when the middle of limbic brain gives you a feeling, if you're not living congruently in a certain way of life, you actually haven't really understood why you're here, what you're doing, and or like how you show up and such. What your brain does is then it makes up a theory to why it would correspond. It will to that logically theory. try and make try sense of it. So, like for instance, if there was like, oh shit, I can't believe I said this thing when I was fifteen years old. What it's actually what your brain's going is that it has nervous energy, which is again just excitement holding its breath, um, going, oh uh, yeah, we're nervous about this because we're seeing this person we have seen since fifteen. Maybe we're looking at this because we did something fifteen. Now we feel like a complete asshole about it. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Versus kind of going what the real thing is that you just feel a certain way. Yeah, so here's a really good one. I mean, I don't know for those. So anybody that goes networking. Yeah. So for example, when I before I got rebooted, networking, I know I needed to go and I wanted to talk and communicate with people. But what happened is, is I'd have, when I knew that I was going to go networking, I mean, I'd go to networking, I'd have all these feelings going on about not being confident or feeling silly or being stupid or whatever. 
<coughs> excuse me. But what actually happened was my brain was telling me that I'm not a good networker or I don't know what I'm doing and all the rest of it. But actually, well, after the reboot, it was because I, was, I had an inherent failing of fear of rejection. But I didn't know that until after the reboot because what my brain was working out was that I didn't have the skill set or no one was going to like me. So I'd made all this stuff up about the feeling I had before I would go into a network. And of event. course, that would negatively impact because now that's stuck in your mind, so you're going to give out that energetic but, And it's completely unresolved. Yes, and the thing is, I'm now looking for a solution to, to, to solve the thing that I've made up. Yeah. So that's not going to work. And so what actually happened is, is because the feeling comes from the mid-limbic system, actually my brain had made this stuff up with why I was feeling that way, but ultimately it wasn't <laughs> the problem. The problem... <clears throat> the problem was at a, an, a, a, an emotional level, which actually, when we investigated, was it was about rejection, and that rejection happened from when I was a very, very, very young age. Yeah, so, which they, is, so, so, so we've got a lovely, that's brilliant. And just to add to that, thank you, Steve. Is that a better way, not a better way, and a, a different way of explaining the same thing? Is it'll be a little bit like taking your car to a dentist. A dentist is a professional person; they know exactly what they're doing, but they're not going to fix your car. And this is how I feel with what people are coming, uh, go to you with uh, whatever their illness is or whatever their emotional problem is or whether it's anxiety or PTSD. They're looking at traditional therapies that simply don't really work that yeah. well. Yes, they do work sometimes, but on the whole, it might only work for a year or two, then it'll come back again because you're not dealing with the root problem. So we always akin it to you're taking your car to a dentist and then the dentist go, well, actually, you can't, we can't fix this. Well, they won't be able to because they're a dentist, they do with teeth. Yeah. So just rewinding then, so what we talk, we talk about that in our first stage of four, which is our talk, and we do one, once a month, and we just talk about this, and what, what, what you'll get from that talk is you'll get um, two stories about us, where we've come from, where we are, but you'll also you'll get to a very basic understanding of the brain and why there's a conflict, and what, what you'll come away with is that will make sense, you'll just go, no wonder I can't sleep no wonder no. i have anxiety no wonder i have depression so this is more or less just so i can tell everyone it's kind of a process for them that they weed you out a little bit because i'm going to tell you like the first session is kind of like a good introduction because they'll, they'll pique your interest in exactly what goes on and how you can do it the second and again i'm going to get you gentlemen to actually talk about this a little bit more as well the second session is the the workshop right well i was actually going to so we've added a stage that's okay so, so you remember the first question we alluded to right at the beginning which is what you've been doing in the last six months well we've added this talk okay cool so we've added this talk which is an hour and a half if you're still interested after that you can come to our uh, the, the first major part of the transformation which is uh, what we call reboot insights seminar it's two to three hours typically and what we do there's three sections to it basically there's the first section which is rules for the game we get two just powerful life hacks, if you like. You probably won't have ever heard them. If you have heard them, we've only had about two out of 800 people that have heard them. Um, uh, we will give a new spin to it that will make it even more powerful. And uh, I'm going to tell you now, as I, that they, changed, they were life changing. They were game changing. Oh, can, can we find out what they are? Just, uh, well, it's sort of all bed and 100% uh, participation. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Let, yeah. Let's jump into that like, and explain that in a moment. After. Okay, we can talk about that in a moment. Yeah, yeah, so that's the first part. And I'll just come to the second part. The second yeah. part is we look at the 11 key areas of life that actually really truly matter to you, but you either do nothing about or you don't do enough about. And if you had a magic wand, you'd want to tap it on yourself and deal with that. So some of those include. Things like love, confidence, mm -hmm. having enough fun, that you matter. Okay, um, I'll, I'll probably do the distinction now. Actually, um, most people don't matter yeah. to themselves. They think they matter, but this is the powerful distinction that we learn, and that is, you matter 
on things that don't matter and you don't matter on things that truly matter. Yeah. When I got that distinction, that floored me, but it also opened me up because if, if I was going to do a party, my God, could I throw a party? But a party doesn't matter. But you asked me for a cup of tea when I went around your house, I'd put my head down and look away. Now, only if you're making one, because I didn't matter. Yet, I'd throw the best parties, yeah, yeah. and make sure everyone's happy. Now, that's a tr I've trivialised that. But if you then take that and, and apply that to every area of your life. Oh, I'll give him one. That's very personal for me. Like, I, I'm kind of, this is how crazy it is. Once you go through this process, it's kind of hard to kind of look back at those kind of areas where you did do this because, yeah. um, well, you don't really remember them because you've resolved them already. Yeah. It's kind of, you and I had this conversation after we went through mine where it's yes. like, it's like a glass shield. You can't go, you're like, oh, I want to go pick a memory there. But like. It's well, you can remember the event, but you can't remember the emotions associated. To oh, the I'm event. having I'm having trouble remembering the event. Yeah. That's how crazy it is for me. Yeah. Like my level. I am as well, actually. Well, funny to tell you because I, I well I said that. I mean, for me, I can still remember them. But when I do my talk about the horrendous things I went through in my life, I said to Greg last week at our last talk, struggling. I'm struggling to do my bloody talk because I'm now becoming so detached from all my traumas and all my. All store my whole story, the whole thing, the, the, the yeah. many thing, and I'm, I'm having trouble now telling my story of my life because I've now become so. It's, it's, it's in some aspects, it's absolutely wonderful because I'm no longer in it. Yeah. But to try and tell it's, the story, it's, to it's also annoying it, as fuck because you're like, what the hell do I say? I can't tell my, I can't tell my story because the story's powerful. Yeah, definitely. But like, I, I think I've just well, to give you guys an idea as an example of this of like how it's. Fuck, what, was he, what were we even talking about for a second? Just like lost the plot. Uh, we were talking about the different areas. Uh, right, different areas and actually kind of more or less it was to do with the two distinctions of like where, yeah, where you're, yeah. yeah. So with the distinction personally for me, I would show up in other people's lives and help their businesses grow. Like I just show up, you, you guys have seen me the amount of times that I yep. just kind of go into that zone and just reel something off and you're like, holy shit, where did this come from? Yep. But the moment I tried to do anything else where I would ask for the right amount of money for me or um try and get the right deal or try and help someone like just basically anything that involved me benefiting from it even if it benefited the other person as well if i was involved in the benefit i would downplay that shit as much as possible so this is like you not away. mattering on something that truly matters exactly yes so that was kind of one of the big areas for me that when that shit that's me, for the listeners that's massive because this is like financial is like we all need money well hang on but it's not just financial because yeah. if you don't matter case, in, 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 yeah but yeah. again i just want to twist it around if you're in a relationship with someone oh, in, in a loving relationship and you don't matter when you should you know you're not making something that matter that doesn't matter matter in a loving relationship absolutely. you're going to get walked all over you're going to sabotage oh that's and you're going to go resent it you're going to go resent it because yeah. i had that before in my re in previous relationships so uh, like um let's take one of the biggest ones i had when i was engaged when i was like re when i was in my in my early 20s yeah. um she's a great person she's recently she's ever since then she's got married um have no ill will towards her because i can't it was meant to happen the way it did great but while we were together it was almost like where I mattered for me was I was showing up as the quote-unquote protector savior man because I was paying all the bills, I was making sure everything was fine. Well, you were filling a role that wasn't yeah. you. Exactly. It wasn't me at all. It was like what was expected of me yeah. based on societal needs and whatever. Absolutely. But the, where I did, where I showed, where, um, so I mattered where, where it was not important, but where it was important, like showing up in our relationship, being there with her, talking to her, having her show up and actually me be the guiding light to help her get out of her own funk. Even that was a thing. She could have literally got out of her own funk, but we actually had equal... We were showing up as adults, not like as parent-child or child-child or parent-parent. It's like we showed up as adults. 
because I, never, I didn't have that self-love and didn't see myself as important, I couldn't show up as an adult no matter how much I wanted to. Yeah. I was just playing an adult. Yeah. It, it was like a kid trying to play dress up with that. Well, you're acting. Yeah, that's all it was. Yeah, you weren't, it wasn't congruent with who you are. Exactly. And we we did the video, which we can link to as well. You guys can actually see, um, I hope you, you guys will actually hear this on that video, my ability to act like everything was okay in a certain way got to the point that it was so convincing that I could convince you of anything. Mm. And it was good. We see oh, through all you that. You bullshitter, I do. Oh, yeah, you, you little shithead. I'm sorry, I gotta go back a second. So the first time I meet Stephen, right, so the first time I meet Jakesy, I'm gonna pre-high-five him. Yeah, because this is what he did to me. So there I am on my ship, feeling like I'm okay and whatever it is, because I've done the first two stages. So stage three for me was, I think we did... The pro. We yeah, did the we, seminar we, we and did, the workshop, which is a day. Yes, yeah, so I did the so I did insights, and then I did the the just one day. Live, yeah, you the just live. done that with Greg. You didn't do that, right? Yeah, I did those two with just Greg. So like, he asked me if Stephen come through uh, and and join us because Stephen had just completed his reboot yeah. ten days before I did mine. Uh, I think it was ten days. Yeah, it's about ten days. Yeah. yeah, so he was like, "Oh, well, get Stephen come in. He would be like great to actually have like this insight because so you can see stuff." Fucking met him for I think five minutes. Said hello to him. Uh, hello to him. Sat down. And he was like, oh, okay, cool. Just takes a note. And then, like, talks to Greg. He's like, oh, hey, um, I've got something to show you. Tells him. Doesn't tell me. Waits the four days and then goes, first thing I wrote about you when I saw you, has trouble expressing himself. Just almost immediately. Suppressed it's like, emotions, yeah, suppressed you know. emotions. I was oh, like, and, and I'll, I'm going to pick him up even more. You say five minutes. He had you nailed in about 15 seconds. Oh, yeah. It only took him five minutes to write no, down because we no, were talking. No, the, the, the four and a half other minutes was just confirming his initial thought. Yeah, that was so fucking crazy. Because when you told me, I was like, oh, shit, he's completely right. You can't hide from us. Yes. <laughs> At all. Yeah. I'm supposed to be the but terrifying one. But that's fine. important, though, because what happens is, and again, this happens a lot in a lot of cases, is that we think we know what our problems are and we don't, and and it and it takes it takes someone like Gregory or myself to be able to pinpoint what what the what we think the fundamental core issue is in order to get that resolved and in order for you to then to build from that and move forward. And that, because if we don't if you don't resolve the causes that are going on, then all you're going to do and I'm you know I don't want to uh, uh, you know talk down NLP, but you're just reframing the shit out of everything. And when you're reframing something, you're fundamentally, basically, in a way, you're lying about it because you're 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 taking something that doesn't work, and you go, well, if I look at it this way, or if I look at it from a positive way, then we, yes, you will get the positive outlet from it. But the fundamental cause, the thing that's causing the issue, is actually still there. So I'm gonna add, like, uh, if you've got a bucket of shit, yeah, you can reframe that as that I've got a bucket of moist stuff that's really nice to touch and it's and it's got warm, warmth in it. But it's still a bucket of shit. Yeah, exactly. Right. So reframing doesn't work sustainably. It works temporarily. Yeah. Now, if you want to, you might have to have that bucket of shit for a day. Then you reframe it. But if you've got that bucket of shit for your life, reframing doesn't work. It's still yes. a bucket of shit. You're going to smell it. Yeah. Well, you're going to feel it, think it's going to get rotten. You don't, what you'd rather have is a bucket of diamonds, right? Um, so this brings me neatly onto the third part of the seminar. Oh, actually, before we just quickly yeah, jump across to that, there was something that Jakeski was actually talking about in particular. It's the, only way, it's the only way that I can actually really... I like to say Stephen, but like we're friends here, so it's the thing. One of the things I really appreciate is, and what I mean by how they see you, is because you, both of you, have gone through like immense challenges in your life, like trials and tribulations in your own yeah, lives. And it's kind of the whole aspect, and I know I've gone through this, and we've you guys know my history and stuff like that. Um... So M. Night Shyamalan actually has the movie Split where the character actually one of the characters 
has this perceived reality where if you're broken, that's the only way you can really grow and heal. Now, granted, being broken also means that you went through a lot of trials and tribulations. But that's the way I see it as well. It's like once you've broken through those shackle holds and seen exactly how far you can be pushed and how far you can push yourself, it gives you a greater level of dexterity and range to see that in others. Yeah. Because you can actually look at someone and go, oh, I can see that this person's like how they are. And Bill Burr says this quite well. Um, he says it comedically when he first saw Kanye West. He was like, I'm a psycho and I know it. He goes, I can hear the thing Kanye West was saying. I just I was like, that dude's a psycho. And I realized it was him. I was like, he goes, psychos recognize each other. And he goes, people that have gone through shit can recognize that in others quicker because we can see it. It's the same notion of how do you catch a liar out? Well, be a good liar yourself. If you know how to lie, you can catch liars out in an instant if you know what you want in that situation. So that being said, that's... Oh, can I add to that as well? Yeah, so that's part it. of it, but there's a more powerful aspect that perhaps you oh, might yeah. not see, which is okay. that actually, not only that, if you've broken through it and you've moved on and developed from it, then you can actually inspire others and give hope to those people. So one of the things that's happened, you know, I've been through a lot, Steve's been through a lot, um, and when, you know, uh, I alluded earlier on in the interview about my sister passing, I watched her die over 29 days, it was a horrific thing, and I stood like a child carer for her so like I was as a child I was like a mum and dad and to watch something you love die is the most horrific thing you can ever see and but what's come of it I've not only fixed I don't like the word fixed I've, I've it's, it's better than being fixed yeah. I've, I've been I've kind of got a super superpower now yeah you've got like a shield of armour around you yeah but more more importantly I can empathise with someone and help and inspire them to actually say, do you know what? You go counselling and say you've got to deal with this in your life. Actually, no, you don't have to cope. You don't have to manage. Actually, what you can do is you can... Get it resolved. Get it resolved and be more powerful. Have the life that you deserve. Have a wonderful life and have that happen. And this is what's happened. So we've had 45 people that have done the programme over the seven years and they've had remarkable remarkable results yeah I mean, like yourself which yeah, is which is insane considering like and by the way just so everyone knows it's not one of those things and you said it to me as well but i didn't believe you i'm, a, I'm i believed you but it wasn't it was the belief in words that belief in 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 heart yeah because obviously you can't really believe through it mm. and see it on the other side otherwise it's faith yes that was it i took it on with faith and then I you have to take it like, i had to take it when i done it yeah, I think the thing that really got me with you was when you said to me, this thing's going to keep growing and keep going and keep going and going. And it's not one of those things where it's going to be like, you've just done your NLP course, you've gone through NLP. You've had three weeks of, a, of, of, of like a enlightenment. enlightenment and then you're back to square one again and you have or, to reframe everything. Or, and you have to keep like adding supplements to keep getting yes. to that same level. No, what I found is that this work does does continue to keep going. And now, one of the biggest things that I know that you that you stand on, which we will touch upon in a moment, is integrity. Like being integral is huge. And for me, I was out of integrity, not intentionally, but just because the persona I had in my head of how I saw at the time was out of alignment. Am I still out of alignment right now? The answer is yes and no, because I will drop out of it. But how long do I stay down is drastically reduced. Like I can recognize how quickly I'm there. And I think you also saw this, uh, uh, Stephen, where I posted in January saying that like one of my best, one of my big goals this year is that I just want to be a better version of me. Yeah. Like the version of me last year, I want to take that forward. Like 
the place that I was good at, I want to get better at. The place that I was bad at, I want to get to a good place with them. And that right there, the, the big one, because I, I think I publicly posted about it, was I owed people, because um, I failed so terribly in 2018, like where my mind you was. You didn't fail, just learned. That's the one. I, I, I slipped. I slipped and fell, and I was starting to get up because I understood where, yep. where the ground was. Um, so you fail if you keep doing it. Exactly. And I, I, slipped that, I flipped that around. It was the idea that like, oh crap, I owe these previous clients that I didn't deliver on, I need to refund them, I need to do this, whatever it is. What that came up for me was the moment I admitted that, it was no longer a place of disempowerment for Absolutely. me. Absolutely. It's conflict of interest. Yeah, it's, it's just more or less, like I, I think I called my client that day and I said, they saw it and I said, hey listen, I'm, I even admitted to her straight away, I was like, look, I'm terrible, or at least I was terrible. Actually at the time I was like, I'm terrible at communicating with people when I feel like I owe them something. I want to run and hide. The scared little boy comes out because he wants to go and hide because he doesn't want to be yelled at. But I want to change that. So from now on, I will communicate as openly as I can with you. If you don't hear from me, message me, ask me, tell me so I can come forward with you. Can I just sort of butt in there? So what, for the listener, <clears throat> one of the things after Reboot, uh, bearing in mind I was pre-Reboot before I was rebooted and Steve and Adil, is that inside us we have a like a DNA or a blueprint of why we're here as one of the outcomes of the program. Yeah. But also you get so how's your life purpose? By your life way, purpose. Yeah, by the way, it's your life purpose. It's unique to yourself. And we we are one hundred percent accurate, clear, clarity, every goddamn precision. time. Yeah. Every this is what made me cry. Yeah. This is what made, so when you reconnect with yourself, we help you understand. And by the way, we don't prescribe this to you. We've got we've got a, a, process. a, a process that that draws extracts it and, and exposes it in and, you and 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 it is a hundred percent accurate of your life purpose because you tell us yes because you, you tell what, us what's the scariest thing from someone that's gone through this i don't know if you've actually i want to hear your perspective on this because how i saw it yeah. was when i was going through it it was um the best way i can put it is imagine you're playing a game of tetris like a giant game of tetris except for you can pull the pieces out put them wherever you want uh to arrange them to like fix this huge puzzle when I was going through different building blocks of what was going on, it was almost like, does that feel like it fits correctly there? Yes. And the way that you know that is just insane because the moment that that entire puzzle came to be, I was in such awe of what I saw, like at least internally of how I felt. Yeah, internally. That it just, it just broke me. Like it was like a dam was broken in front yeah. of me. It was like, this is you. Yeah. So like, I think you said it earlier on in, it's like a reverse breakdown. Yeah. It's it's like the most. It's, it's a reverse breakdown. Is the feeling of for me? It's I'm going to be a little bit cruel on this, but when I, uh, I got to the point where I was really in. A, I was at a point of total. I was going to end my life. I I'd well, already done I, that. I, I was actually like, I had, before we get to that. Sorry, I just sorry, want, but, I want to just jump in for just a second yeah. to give you guys an idea here. This is how much pressure was on Gregory. Uh, I hope you don't mind me saying. No, like, Stephen. Three, three times. Cool. Three times. He what, what? He walked out three times. Oh no 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 no! Go on. I didn't know. What I was going to say. say like basically before he did that, he turned around to uh, Gregory and said, "If this doesn't work, I'm killing myself." Oh yeah, he said like that. That, that was basically like straight up. If there's ever a challenge, and the thing is with JC, very similar. Like um, if a man tells you he's going to kill, he's, uh, kill himself, they're more likely to just simply because we don't have the emotional. Oh, I decided. Yeah, you you knew you knew. I did. I'd only been, I've already been and told my parents. I just said like basically, I said I don't want you to be emotional about it. <laughs> Because I'd, I'd done everything. I'd done NLP. I'd done every, I've done everything. And none of it was solving my problem. It was just all reframing. It was all just, it just wasn't solving the problem. And I was like, do you know what? Because if you hear my story, it's also quite a tragic one. I went through a lot of shit. 
But I was like, do you know what? I've had enough. I'm out. I just want out of the game. I just want out of the game. I wasn't, I wasn't being a victim. I was just, I'd had enough. I was like, it's done. So I wasn't even emotional. But then uh, a friend of mine told, told me about Greg and the programme. And I thought, well, I've got nothing to lose. So I come around and said to him, and I was just being honest. Listen, mate, if this don't work, then I'm going to go. And that's why I said three times. He told me three times on separate occasions. So no pressure. Uh, but I didn't realise I didn't realise that. You know. It's quite a heavy thing because I would, you know, you say that to someone. It's like, right, I'm going to hand you my heart and my life. And uh, good luck, buddy. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. So but, going back to the reboot moment um, that you were talking about, is that I, obviously I was in such a bad place and, and what happens is, is during the program, you sort of get worse because you're you you're having to go and deal with all of your stuff. And well, so the insanity I was in a, comes out. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's very, 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 very cathartic. But I was at a point where I was sort of done, and I had no more left in me. But then when we had done the, the the process and I had the reboot, it was literally like someone had shoved an electronic elect, big electric cable at my backside and just turned on the electric. And it was just like a jolt of electricity went through me. I just become instantly happy and smiling, and it was as if like I'd like a like a I'd cracked open, and another part of me had stepped out of my skin. It's like I'd you know like a like a snake skin. It just literally like a Russian doll, the top one, and then there was another me that come out. And yeah. I or the not, true you. Yeah, the true me, and not the learnt version of me, like which we'll probably touch on in a, in a, in a bit. But I've not looked back since. And just, back and just to add to that, I was obviously there and I watched this happen and it was remarkable because just you could just see somebody physically changing, just the way you sat, the way you breathed. And uh, you were on the programme with a lo- lovely lady called Tracy. So if Tracy's listening to this, hello, Tracy, darling. Um, uh, Tracy goes, oh my God, something's happened to you. And she was <laughs> like, she saw it because uh, yeah. her reboot happened a little bit after. And it was remarkable. Um, so it is, it's like and this happens every time that we do one pretty much yeah, yeah. and it's, it's the opposite of a, it's, I call it an opposite of a breakdown and um, and I think going back to what we were saying earlier so you get your life purpose out of this but then the, the, probably as important if not more so your life purpose your, you why you're here um, uh, and it's very specific it will, it will genuinely blow your mind and when you get that that's what drives and motivates you so you get unlimited motivation unlimited inspiration and unlimited self-governance from it. and if you want to talk more about that we you know we can have an offline chat about that but it's the how you do it so your mission you're that person it's a little manual if you want to imagine you've got yourself a little instruction manual on how you work and how you solve any problem we get that out of you as well and yeah. that's that's what gives you what you're the context of what you're saying is that this doesn't just. This isn't long lasting. This evolves and gets better and stronger oh, yeah. and better. And that's because you've got a little manual that's designed specifically for you that we extract. That ironically you've been doing on everybody else, but yourself. Yeah. yeah. So if somebody comes up to you and says, "Oh, I do. I've got. I need your help," you'll instantly run that that program. Oh, yeah. That program will be between six and twelve steps. Steps. I see. And you'll do that. And then if somebody else comes up to you and says, "Adol." Can you help me? Or I've got a problem. You'll run the same program. You'll run the same program. you run the same program. But then if I came up and I need the help myself, I'm not thinking of how can I you solve it. You don't absolutely do it. Because but, but what the program does is it actually gives it to you. There you go. Oh, That's yeah, what you're doing for everybody everyone else. Everyone has like, a, at least for me, it was, I have a trigger phrase that basically comes up, which is the words, what's up? If like, I have a problem, I actually ask myself, what's up? And that's my trigger. It's not an And mine's something, there's something feels, this doesn't feel right. That's yeah. mine. Do you remember yours? Uh, yeah, some, yeah so, uh, hang on a minute. Something's not right here. That's it. Yeah. Something's not right here. Not right here. And, and you start doing your thing. Yeah, and I'm, so I'm sitting there going, yeah. and we all have that, and you'll think about that. Yeah. And what happens is, you're, so when somebody comes to you, 
um, with a problem, you'll go, well, that doesn't seem right. And then you'll go through these little things. Well, we can extract that from you. And when we help you... With accuracy. With, with oh, pimp, extreme. It's extreme. And this behavior you'll have is so liberating. But now, after the reboot, for the first time ever, you can do it for yourself. Oh, yeah. And, and it's, it's that's a, when your life... This is Our strap line is, start living the life meant for you. And you can start solving problems. So all your unres- even the, not all your problems are going to be solved overnight. You might have a bad relationship with your mum, your sister, or your brother. It might whatever. even take you a full year oh. to even get to that point where you're like all three of us have had I like an it, insane resolution. Yeah, like, I think it's how dedicated you are to you. It's all, I'm gonna add to that because this is quite interesting because um, I know I'm a lazy I'm a lazy shit at times. I just know I am. It's that's why I I'm effe- efficient in the way you're that not lazy, I do. You're Fine, demotivated. You want to say, I'm inspired, bitch, and driven. This is everything's on purpose. I know when I'm taking a break. Yeah. But um, what I'm getting at essentially is this whole concept for me, at least, is that it, it peaks and valleys. Like there, there's times where I didn't do any of the work on my own and kind of like left it to see how long could I. It was unconsciously done. Or I'm trying to justify a point in my life yeah. where I was. Well, you're retrospectively it. making logic to it. Yeah, which is kind of like I, I just kind of like lulled out and bottomed out. Like I didn't know what I wanted to do or whatever it was. But the moment I came back to it, I got the distinction of who I am. Because again, like I said to you guys, the biggest evolution for me was actually having a single focus. I can say this is what I actually am, and everything that's who you are. That's everything well. of who I am, and everything I do. This one thing bleeds into all of it. Absolutely. So it, it's like it's just a part of it. That, that that's the soul and everything. So powerful like, what you said, and it's difficult maybe for the listener to get that because it's it's, a, it's sort of one of those things. It's only when you've got it yeah. that you realize how powerful I, I, what you've just said is. The, the way I can actually best explain it, if I I will attempt to do this, I do said it. this at the start of the call, but I'll try and get into it a little bit more specifically to give you guys an idea. These are just some of the things that I do. So I'm a martial artist. I'm a podcaster. I'm a copywriter. I'm a consultant. I help you with business and strategy. Marketing, positioning, psychology, behavioral analysis. It's like 10 things I've named there and that I do. Oh, that too. And an amateur photographer, because you've seen my photography work. Yeah. And yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, yeah. All that kind of stuff is there, including like the photo I released today, which was a complete fucking accident that I took yesterday that just happened to encapsulate every area of my life in a single photo. That was like the most craziest thing. So I put that up today and went, that everything here is my life and i sent uh, an audio of an easter egg breakdown of what everything meant that photo to a friend of mine anyway what i'm getting at, and i digress what i'm getting at is all those things were about 10 separate things and if anyone asked me what do you do i could never pinpoint it but now it's not so much what do i do it's who i am and what i am as an artist and i use art in my art form isn't just drawing my art form is you're expressing words. yourself through those different things exactly the artist is like, yeah exactly if you understand that, because the image I can give you is imagine an atom, and in the center of that atom is who you truly are. So for me, it's artist. The thing that bleeds around everything around it, the little neurons, uh, you know, everything like that is, I, I'm losing science thoughts right now. This yeah. is really bad. Um, protons and neutrons, that's the one. Yeah. Uh, while you have those around you, those are just the things that you do, but whatever you are at the core of the atom what drives is, you. is what is who you are. Yeah. Everything else is just an amalgamation of what That's it right. is. That's right. And they're an expression of that. So it could be yeah. through a relationship, it could be through an activity, it could be through a hobby, it could be through your work, it could be through just how you behave at a, a social event. Exactly. They're all driven by that same thing. So you'll be quite. So when you and I meet up, or we all meet up, you, you, your artist is that because we have the most crazy, mad conversations. Oh, yeah, That's because do. they're artistic conversations. 
So that's the, oh, you see, and they're, also, they're, they're also very <laughs> expressive. Yeah, but because we know how to express. And the reason we know how to express is because we're inherently who we, we really are. are. Yeah, and it's and that makes it so much easier for us to express because we're not we're not making it up, no. so to speak. It becomes natural and authentic. So I've just literally only had this happen while we're speaking, like as you just said that was to give you guys an idea of putting like um, where you're where you're supposed to be important. You you're not important where you don't matter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Give you guys a perfect example of this. A year ago, if Gregory made a joke that I wasn't okay with, and it's not just Gregory, if anyone I respect made a joke around me, I would kind of laugh along and be like, oh, I can see how that would be funny, but like I would justify it in my head. Today, Gregory made a joke that I would otherwise laugh at. And I'm not going to repeat the joke, but it was otherwise it was it would have been funny, but I just turned around and went, yeah, that, that's fine, but for me, it just doesn't do anything Absolutely. right now. And expressing just that one thing was completely new to me because in my mind as soon as i did it i was like i'm it's not that i'm challenging authority no i'm actually expressing myself in a healthy place that i feel safe yeah. and, and you were oh go on. so no, i was just going to say is that one of the things that comes up in nearly every single uh, uh candidate or graduate from the reboot program and this is inherent with every single person and is fundamentally the root cause to most of their problems in their life is they make things that aren't okay okay, okay. Yeah. And so what you basically did there was make something that wasn't um, okay. You basically said, hang on a minute, no, 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 it might no, work, but... That's not okay. And then you okay. spoke up, knowing that I wouldn't judge. And actually, you went, Greg, you went, yeah. Gregory, yeah, no, that's not okay. And then I went, I tried to trivialise that a bit, and you went, no, no you've been a, an absolute villain, Gregory. But the fundamental oh, no, thing, is, the thing yeah. is, is that ultimately, due to the fact of uh, um, oh, doing the programme, he's now in a position Absolutely. to identify it and to express that without any... Without making it okay in his head, absolutely and stepping over it. It was huge. Yeah. So that's really yeah. great that you got that to that just today. Yeah, uh, obviously you've got that in other areas, but but no, like it, it didn't actually like visual. It didn't like sync up in my brain until like we were just speaking about at this exact moment. So I was like, oh well, shit, I need to tell him that. Yeah, this. people can, can limit. You know, how many people that are listening right now will have people speak to them in a certain way? Their bosses, their partners, their family, and they absolutely inside have a have a uh, have a triggered emotional response. But they won't negative. do or say any negative, or they won't do or say anything about it because they're just going to make that okay because of who they are or what they're with and all the rest. And their of it. experience is it's been worse if they did say something. Yeah. When you're in your own power, that goes away. Yes, absolutely. Um, so the last thing I want to just sort of allude to what we were coming yeah. on to the, the, part, the last part of the second stage, which is the seminar, which is the two to three hour thing, is we talk about a thing that we've uh, it's a proprietary thing that to reboot um, have have identified and observed is this idea on this notion of an emotional cancer. So we yep. all understand what a cancer is. A um, couple of things about it. They're, they, they, they're a killer um, and they're a silent killer. Okay, yeah. So they're eating away at you. You can be riddled with it and not know. Right Now, I want you to imagine that we have that emotion. So we have behaviours that either sabotage our behaviour or we do things that are silly or we're never, we, we, we know we're better than we are. We know we could do better in a job. We know we could do better in a relationship. We know we could be better. Yeah, but what's going on is deep down you have these emotional cancers. Now, for those of you that are aware of the iceberg model, you know most of the iceberg is underneath the the, the sea level, right? Yeah. So, so like, for those people, if you if you if not, just check out on the web, you know the iceberg model. And um, I want you to imagine that above the sea is your conscious, the neocortex, and below the sea level is your subconscious or your unconscious or the middle limbic brain where all the decisions and all the behaviors. So if you imagine about ninety-seven to ninety-nine percent 
of your behaviour, well, all your behaviour comes from there, but it's coming from dissatisfactions um, or emotional cancers that you have no idea about. And you think you do, it could be a loss of a loved one or whatever, that, that will just be a tiny part of it. There'll be so much more you won't even realise. And what we do is we introduce this at the seminar stage and we get somebody to come up on the, on the flip chart, unless it's a private one, and we start to introduce you that there's some hidden, um, uh, totally hidden or undiscovered things that are affecting you. And you just, and you just realise that you've got all these emotional cancers. When you start realising that you, most people think they've got four or five. No. All right? <laughs> that was a laugh from Adil because he thought he had about two or three big ones. Yeah. And then we all do. And then when you come and, uh, when you spend. No, no. I, I don't think that was it. The first time we did it, I thought I had two or three. Yeah. But when I went to the actual fourth thing, I was like, I bet you I've only got like 20. Fucking wrote out how many pages worth of them? Well, it was, it was, it was thousands. Yeah. yeah. yeah it was like... about two. So you'll end up writing about two to four thousand cancers that you'll have. And it takes. And the other thing I just want to inject here is, is that this is where we earn our money, Greg. Mm. Is that you will make something that's okay, uh, that's uh, okay, um, not okay, okay. And what we'll do is we'll actually demonstrate to you that the thing that you think is okay in your life is actually functioning cancer. And once you realise that, you'll realise all the things that you make okay in some instances are actually things that are absolutely destroying you and causing all your so problems. So put another way, you're almost feeding the cancer that you have, but you don't even know you're doing it. Yeah. And what we do is we uncover it. And it's so eye-opening and so mind-melting that it's uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. And there'll be so many things you won't realise that are going on. So we introduced that idea at the seminar stage. So that's the sort yeah. of first key stage. If you're still interested after that, we haven't frightened you off, and you really want to make transformation, then we do the next bit, which is the workshop, which is about eight to nine hours. Yeah, we've to... covered, we touched on that earlier, where we've got the 11 key areas. Absolutely. And what we do is we go over what we did in the seminar. Nothing's wasted in that seminar. We build upon that in the workshop, and then we start to go to town. Oops. We start to go to town on you. And by that, we start to really uncover and really unveil, and we start to really get that, actually, do you know what? I do matter. I want to matter but I behave like I don't. I want love. I Actually, I, I'm not in love with my partner. Or, I really, or, I'm or in I'm, love with myself. Or, which is the key one. Yeah. Um, or it might be that you've, you've got, you, you, you think you're confident, but actually in the areas that you really want to be confident, you've got zero confidence. We're not born with zero confidence. We're born with 100% confidence in everything. It's just that we learn not to be confident. Um, all these areas that we cover, these 11 characters, we have a four to five hour conversation. With you and you, it's kind of daring to dream a little bit. And what happens is you start to get, we, we, this is my favourite phrase, I don't know if Steve still likes this or even if he ever has liked it, but I like to think you get multiple flames of hope where we ignite little areas of hope. And by the way, they're not, they're not unrealistic. They're things that are hope for you. They're unique to you. So, you know, we're not going to say you're going to be a vet next week you know, or an astronaut. Um, not saying you can't be, but we're not just saying. But we, uh, the things that we'll, we'll, we'll deliver to you, you can go to all the motivational speeches in the world. And you, know, you can be anything you want. You can be an astronaut. We're not. Yeah, you like need to that. practice these things six times a day, yeah. every day. We're not like that. We're going to help you it's give nonsense. access to who yeah. you are and what's possible for you. And then you, st what you stop doing is you stop comparing yourself to everybody in the world's world. You stop competing with everybody in the world. And you start looking at yourself and just saying, right, this is who I am. This is what I've got. This is what I haven't got. And you start loving what you have. You start loving your shell. You start loving the inside. And you start getting that. And I just want to just interject that just quickly. I don't want you to lose track of this. That's right. But 
all those people out there that believe that they haven't got it is that every single person in this in this world is born equal and we've all got equal talents and the fact of the matter is, is that you just have a belief that you haven't got them so this is for everybody no there's no one that absolutely there's no one that's not got talents that they're born with you just believe or have learnt not to use them or believe or learnt that you don't have them which is inherently untrue absolutely and you, you know you might have not even discovered the talents you've got um, um, and often people don't and then all of a sudden they'll find they have a fantastic talent by the way you start connecting to your talents when you know why you're here and how you do it because often they're in the combination of those two things um, and so that's what we do in the workshop and if you're still not frightened to put off at this stage so we use that as an application. Not you could be a multi-millionaire and we'll decline you as a customer because it's not about the money. This is about we want to help people help themselves. Um, and then so after the workshop, you then there's the four to five day programs. Depend we say four to five depends on you as an individual. Yeah, because sometimes you can end up like someone we know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And um, am I alright to talk about that? Yeah, yeah. We can go into that. I was actually going to say before we jump into that, I did want to go into Orbed a little bit so people understand what it is. So Orbed is O-A-R-B-E-D. And yeah. I'm going to let um, Gregory explain this because once you told me this concept, it's it, it's crazy. It changes your life. And I, I'll put my hands up and say, yes, yeah, sometimes I play below the line, mm -hmm. which is fine. But how long I'm below the line is kind of not that long anymore. It's I, I bounce right back up in less time than I could think of. So we're going to give a distinction. This is an old Carnegie technique, um, um, but this is slightly modified. It's been modified. Well, we've um, more than modified. Yeah, more than actually, modified. We've absolutely revolutionised it. Absolutely. Um, uh, and uh, yes, so the idea, I want you to imagine a graph um, with with uh, sort of a, an X and Y axis. Um, yeah. And then you've got below you've got below the X axis and above it. So above it is the letters O, O, o A and R, and below it is B, E, D. And I want you to imagine... Um, anything that doesn't work for you. So if you think it could be a relationship or it could be something, it could be everyday something. <coughs> so it, could it could be, be beliefs. It could be, well, it could thoughts, be, it could be, responses. Uh, well, I'm thinking more things like frustration. Do you get frustrated a lot? Do you get angry a lot? Do you get upset a lot? Do you get sad a lot? Do you get, yeah, so what you're saying. Yeah. So think of the thing that you do that doesn't work for you, okay? By the way, we do not work on anything that works for you. Yeah. We only deal with the things that do not work for you or don't work as well as you'd like. And so thinking about um, emotion, so maybe you're somebody that gets angry a lot or frustrated a lot or you want to speak up and you can't. Or you get sad and so you cry a lot, you're unhappy or you, or you just get anxiety. any type of negative feeling. Or you shut down a lot and don't express yourself. Absolutely. Well. Whatever's yeah. going on for you, think of that, get in touch with it. Now, there'll be one or two or three behaviours that you have that you'll be doing. One, you'll be blaming either yourself or others. Well, that person did that to me. That person did it to me. Or I did it to me. Or it's my fault. Or, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, it's my fault. Or you'll be making the excuse, I'm blind, I'm deaf, I'm whatever, right? Um, valid excuse. Uh, it's a valid excuse. Um, you can get two people, both with the same handicap, one's on benefits, the other one's a successful businessman that's um, skiing, right? It's just their beliefs. It's just, they're not making excuses, yeah? One of our uh, clients, um, she was blind and I was the first person that wouldn't accept her blindness is an excuse for her not doing she's never been so more liberated in all her life because I was brave enough to say do you know what I'm not going to accept that because her being blind meant she just only went to a few destinations her son's school supermarket and, uh, supermarket and home since we've uh, helped helped her reboot and connect with herself this um, I remember the first time she rang me up she was uh, invited to some special event in London she went on her own 
She said it was the most liberating. She felt she felt wow. she'd been in a prison up until then. Wow. But because I didn't because I didn't accept that she was blind as a valid excuse for not doing things, I was able to help her become free. I'm Break getting free. emotional thinking about it because that, that work does that. By the way, he, he, does, this, he, does, he does this quite often. <laughs> I, I, we got there. I, I just want to say as well, is that this is the danger we have with people that are, uh, that, that when they, they think they're helping somebody, but they're not, they're keeping them in the prison they're in. So, for example, um, you could be the sort of person that would go, oh, I really understand that you're blind and you're there and, and feel sorry for that person and be there for them and support them. But what you're actually doing is keeping them there. You're keeping them stuck. Yeah. It, you're now validating their valid excuse not to show up in life or have a reason not to have the things and want. I, where Greg actually said, well, I'm not accepting this. No, no, I'm not I'm, having it. I'm going to give, give a distinction here because I know there's someone out there that will try and be an asshole about, well, yeah. what about this? Yeah, well, absolutely. I'm going to tell you this right now. You can shut the fuck up. That's number one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can. Yeah. That's the way it is. But two, and this is quite powerful as a distinction of what we're getting at. So I want to just give a distinction to yeah. this. It's this idea that by what we mean by valid excuses, at least, and I say we because I've been there and I've experienced this. I'm completely on this side. Is kind of like saying I am blind. That's why I can't leave. I can't go to another country. I can't go to another city. I can't go through past. Yes. That's a limit. Whereas if it was someone that was like, I'm blind and I want to learn how to drive Formula One cars and drive planes, I'm like, okay, that's a valid reason why you can't right now because we don't have the technology to get that done. That's not true to Surrey. Oh, fair I enough. cite a TEDx talk, Caroline Casey, Living Beyond Limits. She drove a Formula One car, uh, Formula Three. Wait, is that the lady that actually was from Ireland? Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. She when... drove a car against another blind person round the track. She didn't crash. She didn't five come times. off five times around it. Oh, yeah. Because she... And she's blind, so she has a valid excuse not to do it. But, but she, she does it. But she she wanted to prove that she wanted she felt limited by her blindness. Okay, I so had lots of valid excuses from my just from my past. So we're going to pass that, and we're going to get to that in a second. But what I'm actually going to say just to redefine it. Then is I was trying to give like a more relatable example. Sorry, because okay. so, yeah. like that that's another reason. But I mean, like to the lay person, whatever it is, let's just say I'm handicapped and. I can't even think of like a handicap. Well, it's a about. limited belief. Well, can I give one? Yeah, I've got one. Uh, my sister was uh, handicapped, and then I watched her die, and then I have the perfect valid excuse to get out of everything. After that, don't need to go to work. I've just watched my sister die. I literally had the perfect valid excuse. And do you know what everybody did? Tiptoe around me, put their arm around me, oh, and go absolutely. Oh, and I used that excuse for uh, about uh, seven, seven, eight years. Yeah, and what, and what was, did it do for you? It absolutely destroyed me. I lost uh, everything. I, I lost communication with my parents. I lost communication. I lost, my girlfriend left me repeatedly. I was very alone because all I'd do is I'd wheel out my excuse. Yeah, but you haven't lost your sister. No, 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 no. It was a valid excuse. And it was horrific, but it's valid. The problem is it, it was true, but it didn't work for me. And does that make sense? That that, that's basically what I'm getting at is yeah. kind of like... To try and give you guys, to try and explain from where I'm coming from as well, it is that, but it's the idea of, yes, there are some things that you might not be able to do because it's yes, no, not, I, it's it's something that you can't actually do. You can't do. actually do, yes, I agree That's that. That's yeah. fine. What I'm saying is that... The impact of that. Yeah. What I'm saying is like, if you have the thing, but you like, you use that, you shroud everything else with the same excuse. Correct, yes. That's what we're. Well, that's, that's what we're, what we're getting. It's, it's yeah, when you have the very specific. When I say something like very specific, like um, I can't even use this one. I was going to say, oh, you have a hole in your heart and you can't run a marathon. 
fucking David Goggins was like the is like the most elite person it turns out after he was a Navy SEAL, did so many Ultraman marathons, had double pneumonia, the whole lot. After doing all of these things, they were like, Oh shit, by the way, you have like a hole in your heart. You should have never been able to be a Navy SEAL because Wow. Uh, yeah, if he even had the slight bit of oxygen like go from one ventricle to the other where it was, it would actually kill him. And he was like, Oh, uh, how am I not dead? Is kind of and he took that and just ran with it as like he is just whole hard as fuck. What I'm getting at is, um, so think of like the most impossible thing that someone can't do. Like, actually, even let's just say uh, you can't you can't be a pilot because of whatever. Like you're afraid of not even afraid of flying. I can't think of a fucking valid one for anyone. But if there is something that's truly valid, like for instance, well, um, someone who's severely handicapped, severely yeah, physically handicapped, and mentally is not going to be able. to. Drive, yeah, like my sister. My sister was there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. She had like, a mental yeah, age of two and a half, yeah, yeah. which yeah. was I mean, 20. They are literally but... incapable of doing it. Yeah. It's different. Having something that's incapable of doing something is different that's what than having at. having a valid excuse not to do it. Right. That's, that's, thank you. That's what I was trying to get at. And yeah. that took us like all of three to four minutes from the taxi <laughs> formula. Like, uh, yeah, well, that. Well. But that's what I mean. Like, this yeah. is this is the process. And that's the perfect reason yeah. of what I'm saying. So anyone else that kind of like goes, oh, but I have this thing. Yeah. As we said, it's a valid excuse versus a actual a, a, a physical yeah. or incapable of doing it, it, being incapable versus yeah. having a valid excuse. So just had to go on. No, that, that, no that's great. And so there's three things: there's blaming others or blaming yourself. There's having a, an excuse specifically valid, excuse, valid yeah. ones, and the other thing is we deny. And if you're de- if you're going no, I don't know what you're talking about. You're probably denying it right. Yeah. Um, and that takes somebody like us to actually unveil and and, and discover that and take off the, the the thing to help you that you're denying because you're unaware of it. No, I was a big denier. Oh, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm put on the thing. So usually we're doing all three. So whatever your whatever your ailment is or your 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 negative thing, whether it's frustration or angry, uh, frustration, angry, a bit they come up a lot for everybody, and it tends to be something that either you're blaming or making an excuse of. Yeah, well, I can't do that because the doctors haven't fixed it. Well, doctors aren't the only way to sort something out. Yeah, you know, or people blame. Oh, it's the police. Well, okay. Well, use Facebook. You know, there's there's so many different ways. But we love to blame. As soon as you blame, you stop the possibility of any solution for that. That's below the line. Above the line is I want you to think of the opposite of what frustration or anger might be. So anger, it could be love, it could be calm and at peace. Being positive, it could be peaceful, it could be happy, it could be motivated. Yeah, um, whatever, absolutely. And and so this is the OAR, the, um, it's the ownership, accountability and responsibility. So what we what we talk about on the on the seminar and we go into much greater depth and we work with you on it is to talk about going above the line and say well okay what if this valid excuse what if we could look at that a different way or we stop blaming what could we do if we take ownership of that what could we do so I, I my favorite little example is if you if you you know you're in a car and you have got your granddad driving and he has a heart attack and then you plow into the to the, the bridge and you die and you're at the pearly gates why are you here well and you just blame your granddad for having a heart attack you might want to lean over and grab the steering wheel and yeah. you know maybe put the handbrake on do you know what i mean yeah you, you it, yes it was valid that you died because granddad had a heart attack but actually would you maybe want to at some point you could take responsibility to change you the could take ownership of that yeah. before because there's time before you hit the, the does yeah. that make sense for the I listeners mean, the thing that i when that i sort of uh, found when i was when doing this and with Gregory is that that what I've found out is that when you're blaming and making excuses and denying you're take putting your emotions or the emotional response outside of you it now goes to the external world you're now blaming something outside of you therefore putting it outside of you will uh, elicit a negative or a, 
emotions. But then when you do put it, when you take ownership and then you and take account, have accountability and responsibility, you're now internalizing. You're now going into and go, how can I do this? Now you're in charge of your emotional response and therefore can elicit more positive. And you take control. You basically take control, take control of this. Of it, yeah. Now, I know we were going to jump into what the four or five day uh, training is. I don't want to go into that too much because of yeah, like, no, time, time restraints. But yeah, what sure. I was going to say real quickly, as someone that's gone through that, it's... Take it this way, everything that they would get you through from all the stages previously, it's to open your eyes to what's going on, but it's also to deter you. You have to be, in my opinion, slightly crazy to go through the the torture and the pain that you're about to put yourself yeah. through. But the other side is going to be incredible. And I want to give this warning to anyone that decides to go there. And I I am, I was pissed that I did not get this warning. Um, yes, souls. Yeah. Hashtag. You, your body will try and reject it. That's how you know you're on the right path. Um, to give you an idea, I rarely get sick. Um, I think I, I get sick maybe once a year, and that's for a couple of days with a head cold, and I'm just fine. But far that it, it like prior to that, I didn't think I got sick for like four years. I was like quite healthy for about four years. Um, went to this event, I spoke at this event. I was like, I'm fine. Two days before I'm coming to do my four or five day workshop with uh, Gregory. I remember calling him the day before, having sweats, going, mate, I'm really sorry, I can't make it. Why? I don't know what's going on. I feel really sick. I feel like I'm just coughing up everything. I have no idea what's going on. I feel drained. Excuses. That's me doing my job properly. <laughs> Gregory literally said, Your mate, I, I, I totally get that. I appreciate it. I love you and I, you know, I care about you, but uh, just, you know. Pick up your skirt and get your ass over here. Which is the best way for me to be spoken to, by the way, because like it just it's more of a thing reminds me of my gym. So what of my old gym. I was growing up. And that kind of like I was like, all right, fine, fair enough, I'll come down. And for four days, it, it got to this is how crazy it was. It got to day number three and I stopped eating solid foods. Yeah, like you, yeah. do you guys remember that? I was like yeah. just drinking yeah. milk. And, and, and also yeah. you would have slept upstairs on you the bed for three hours. Yeah. Like uh thankfully yeah, I yeah. I just keep like passing out and yeah. it was like um I couldn't even st- like. Thankfully, we got through it. But like, I think the thing that validated that entire experience, and this is one that was a, it's not a valid excuse, but a validation of how I know my brain works. Because my feedback loop from hell. For anyone that hasn't read Mark Mason's book, uh, so a lot of give, not not give a fuck. Yep, he actually talks about fee- uh, feedback loops from hell. Mm-hmm. My feedback loop from hell, I couldn't figure out what it was for a long time. But it was... We found it, though, didn't we? Oh, God, yeah. You fuckers would have kept going as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah like, to give you guys an idea, um, I think I still hold the title of the champion of not fucking giving up and getting angry about it. It was remarkable. Yeah, I have to it, say. it got to that point where there was just respect. It was like, it was. this fucking going to break? This, 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 yeah. this resilience yeah. of you was, was beyond anything so I've seen. I'll, I'll give him just the idea of the exercise. That's just something that, else that we can actually find out what your feedback loop from hell is. I mean, that's Yeah, that's something that you so get. Many on the, there's so many. It's like, that's why you need the whole four or five days. So like the feedback loop from hell is, um, you can prepare for this, but I guarantee you will not be ready for it even when it comes up. <laughs> it's just being asked a question and then to give an answer. But as you do this, it's the repetitiveness. And from what I've been told, Stephen, your, your response back to it was that you started effing and blinding like there was nobody's business. Um, the annoying thing about it was is that I actually solved it solved it but because I, I was working with somebody I had to go for it longer because <laughs> because that person also had to learn their feedback loop from hell so for you it was more frustrating because you... well no yeah it was but actually it was a benefit because what ended up happening was because I ended up carrying on going through the process 
So how do I have, because my logic and my intelligence worked out, I actually wouldn't have found out my feedback loop from hell because you need to go through it to find yeah, it. So actually I would have, I would have been cheating myself. Yeah, you essentially what you do is you try and like logic your way out of learning the yeah. lesson, um, yeah. which is a very clever way that our brains work. But the thing that actually got to me was I think we got two hundred and eighty-three. Oh, four hundred um, actually. No, it's yeah, it's four. Yeah, four hundred. Yeah, 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 the most I think we'd ever got was about two seventy of anyone. Yeah, so this might like, not mean anything to you, but you know, it, it's it, quite something to get to four hundred. Is is yeah. most people get to between eighty and and one twenty. But what happens is, is that feedback loop or hell will be something you're doing on a daily or a we, couple of days, days or a week. weekly basis, and it will be doing it over and over and over in and every over area. And, over and the problem is, it'll sabotage and undermine your entire existence yeah. consistently. Oh, massive! And that's when you when and the thing with what we do in the program is you don't just identify it by the sheer process of you getting your outcome of your purpose and how you do it. It stops it. It broke. It broke. Dead. It, it broke. It. Dead. It, it kills it. Dead. That, that, yeah. that's so, so knowing it is not enough. Completing the program kills it. Dead. Oh yeah, entirely. So what I was going to say was like while I was going through that when we got to that point where I was taking naps upstairs, yeah. like that's how much this thing drained me. But like we saw, what by the time we got to the end of it, and what validated again, like saying the validated was the toughness of it all. Was when you got strep, as we said earlier, like a week later. Yeah, no, I got and it about you, four days later, and, and I was like, in bed for five days. And I'm like, how the hell did yeah, yeah, I have that. done the bloody course in this? Because I couldn't even just live with it. So you're you're a true trooper. That was like, kind of the part of the that's also your part. desire to want to love and help yourself. Yeah, and I just want to also add, I don't remember anyone not getting ill on the program. Yeah, something whether it's lost lost voice. Uh, we had somebody that uh, voided their bowels 15 times over the two days, nine on day one, uh, day two and six on day three. I think I remember you told me about someone that was uh, a speaker never has ever had a problem and lost their voice while they were doing yep. it. So that was one. Yep, totally lost their voice. Um, I've had people like, I will say this much, it is the most frustrating four or five days of your life because it feels like every bit of your essence will fight you and try and get you oh, out Oh, it does, of everything. And I'll tell you what's going on. It's from the day that we're born, from the moment that our parents start nurturing us and whatever, we're born with this blueprint of who we are and how we do it. And from the moment that we're put on this planet, we are taught not to be that way. And so we're taught, not, not everyone, and it will vary in different instances. And not deliberately. Not deliberately, exactly. But your parents will project their, their learned crap onto you, and so will your dad. And so will the people that you copy in your in your uh, in your playgroups and then you'll go to school and you'll copy Johnny and Tommy or Lisa or Sally because they're getting attention and you learn and you copy and you'll copy them and you'll copy the stuff from the teachers and the teachers are programming you in and we go through our whole life learning learning more stuff practicing stuff learning stuff practicing stuff learning stuff that actually isn't who we really are and then by the time we get into our 20s our 30s depending on depending on the level of of programming so to speak that what happens is you'll reach a point where you're so disconnected from who you really are your life you you don't know who you are and your life isn't working for you and you'll be trying all these things and you'll be behaving in a certain way but what's actually happening is you just learn not to be you in any area of your life you've seen stuff on the tv you'll copy things on the tape from the tv and movies and all the rest of it and you'll wonder why your life isn't working for yeah. you and you'll keep trying more stuff and learning more stuff and trying learning stuff but you're learning other people's experiences not your own and then all of a sudden you just get to a point where you're you just you break and you, you you break and nothing makes sense and you don't know why your life isn't working you and you've learned all this stuff and you've and you're trying all this stuff and and what happens is you've just learned not to be you and it so, doesn't work and what the reboot program fundamentally does 
is at the end of it, it takes you back to a point before you've learned any, any of this stuff and reconnects you in the present moment. Yeah. And right. so what that does, it allows you to reconnect to your true authentic self, but today, in this minute, at that point of connection. And that's the powerful element of it, because once you have that connection, then all of the learned stuff that doesn't work and all of the stuff that the ego stuff, the things that we think that we need to have and what we've learned and society's taught of realize oh they all fall away and you just start being more authentic and your life really does start to work for you oh yeah entirely like i can attest to that um that being said because we were actually at the top of the show guys it's been a real pleasure having you on the no, show i hope you guys you. actually enjoyed it as well yeah i'm probably gonna get you guys again another time just simply because we can explore the hell out of this just Absolutely. like as time goes on like i think i might do one of these every year with you guys just simply because Around the same time that I went through my reboot, so we can actually track the progress because yes. it's insane. Yeah. Um, the other thing we might want to do is actually start looking for the science of what it is we do because I know there's a lot of people out there, me included, who like to know how. It yeah, works. I mean, so that, what's that should, really going on? That, so that how can be. you? How can you get the? Because there's many people out there that are going on about you need to know your life purpose, but nobody. I don't think many people really know how to extract that. Yeah, it's do. more or less but like a, a feeling a, for a lot of people, but this yeah. is an actual science that goes through it, which is quite interesting. Well, like, but well, I'd like to, to know the actual background as well. well. Just, yeah. Most people have no idea why they're here. Some people have a sense of it, but when you do the reboot program, you'll be absolutely certain why you're here. With, yeah. And I, we promise that. Yeah. 100% certain, absolute clarity, 100% pre precision, and you're the measure of it. Yeah, yeah, that's basically what it is. So guys, go check out reboot.uno um, or just follow these guys. I mean, seriously. Yeah, they're on Facebook. Steve, Facebook. Stephen Jakes and Steve. Gregory Baker. Yep, find them online. We'll have their profiles again on in the description so you guys can go find them. Again, um, tag us anything, ask us questions. We're always here to help out wherever we can. And yeah, guys, it's been a real pleasure. See you thank on you the... Thank you very much. Uh, and for the listeners, great. thank you. If you've listened this long, we yeah. really appreciate your <laughs> yeah. time. And I hope we've inspired or helped in any way. So thank you. That's from me. Well, there's a possibility. All I just want to say is, but it's a possibility. Absolutely, it's a flame of hope. It's a flame of hope. Definitely, guys. We'll see you on next week's episode. Until then, I'm Adam Marcy. I'll see you uh, soon. Take care.